Hi, hello, hola, and hello. Welcome to My Kids Think I'm Cool, but podcast. A podcast about getting knocked up in a foreign country, families living abroad, and raising children in a different culture. All while trying to keep your cool and not lose your shit. I'm your host, Jackie, an American Filipino mom living in Denmark, and my kids think I'm cool, but... Hello everyone and thank you so much for coming back and listening to my podcast. I am so happy that I'm having listeners out there email me and get in contact with me. So it's, it's so great that I am list, I'm talking to people and I'm actually in your ear and I'm talking to you about, you know, people's lives and um, a lot of people are sharing their experience of living abroad with me. So I'm really, really happy for that. For today's episode, I am actually recording at my house this time because I have so many great interviews that uh, I can't really do at the radio station. So I decided I bought the equipment and I'm recording at the house. So definitely going to be doing more of these because it gives me more flexibility. For today's episode, I'm going to be interviewing a very special person. Her name is Julian and she's from Jamaica. And she lived in Denmark for a couple years when she met her husband in the UK. He's also, um, he's Dane. So they decided to move to Denmark and she moved from Jamaica to Denmark and she had both her kids there. And it's just so great for her to share that story to me. And now she also moved again with her family and they moved and relocated to the U.S. And she's been there ever since. So in this episode, she's going to be talking about the different cultures that she had to get used to, how she balances culture, because there's all three cultures going on now. And she just talks about how she just got through the different cultures that she had to get used to. And also raising kids in that. So it's just a really interesting and fun episode. I had a really good time speaking with her. And it was really hard to keep it under an hour. So yeah, we had a really good time just talking about life and raising kids. Besides her talking about uh, raising kids and get a balancing culture, she also talks about her disease, the lupus disease, and the subscription box she started. So there's a bunch of things that we've talked about that maybe a lot of you guys can relate to, and I don't want to spoil it and explain it all. So I'll just get into the podcast, and hopefully you guys listen to it and love it. And yeah, let's get into the podcast. Today, I have a very special guest, an international mom that is from Jamaica, but lived in the UK, moved to Denmark to be with her man, who is Dane, started her family there, and then relocated to the US with her family. Now she is settled down in Florida, in warm Florida. (laughs) I wish I was there. (laughs) And her kids are all grown. She is enjoying the warm winters and even started her own business called Butterfly Box. I want to introduce you all to Jillian Raven. Hi, Jillian. Hi. Thanks for having me. (laughs) uh, Thank you for being on here. And I'm really excited that you agreed to be on My Kids Think I'm Cool But podcast because I love your story and I want the world to know about it or my listeners and who you are and about your family and then about this great business called butterfly box because i researched (laughs) it and i'm still like i want to know more about it so (laughs) before we get into that do you want to tell the audience or the listeners a little bit about yourself yeah my name is jillian raven as you said before and i grew up in jamaica 
I lived in Jamaica until my early 20s. I lived with my mom until I moved to Europe. I worked at an insurance company, a life insurance company, one of the biggest in Jamaica at the time. And I was working there for about three years and helping my mom as well. She had a business, so I was helping her there. And I sort of got a click one day being on that job. It just felt monotonous to me. And I just felt like there is more to life than just doing this, getting up every day, going back and forth. So this office, just sitting down and doing, you know, whatever work marketing that we were doing there. So I sort of investigated and I wanted to do more, you know, college. My purpose was calling me. I don't know. I just felt like this wasn't where I was supposed to be. And then I decided to go to England to go to college and went there and was there for a little bit. And then I met my husband there. <laughs> that's that's one of the things that drew me to going further or moving abroad. I've always wanted to live. I was always fascinated by different countries and I wanted to see what it was all about. I wanted to learn. So I think it was innate in me from when I was younger to want to have that wonder dust, you, could, you might call it, or just want to see more, do more, earn more, learn more, you know. So that was my pull right there. That was your pull to go to Denmark, to, to the UK. To London. I studied, to, yeah. London. Yeah, studied to London, London to Denmark, and then to the US. So yes. <laughs> you didn't feel like Jamaica was the place where you were supposed to be, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how it felt. I am happy that I, you know, sort of got my start there with just learning all the different morals of wanting to be a hard worker, wanting to be a supportive person for other women. And at the time I left Jamaica, my mother had cancer at the time, breast cancer, it runs in our family. And I was heartbroken, you know, but she knew that something else was calling me and I needed to go live my life and try to find out what was out in the world for me. And that was one of the hardest decisions I had to make to leave her behind. There were tears and it wasn't a happy moment, but I understood that she also knew that I had a life to live and I had a purpose to serve and I, and I needed to go. So Yeah. And that's great. It's not great that your mom had breast cancer, but she no. knew that there was something in you that you need to be outside of Jamaica and living yes. your life. Yes. Yes. I so. love talking about culture shocks. And for some reason, it's just funny to hear certain culture shocks that people have. You know, I come from the U.S., some things that are shocking to them, but it's like normal for me in the U.S. So what are some of the culture shocks that you have had either in Denmark or U.K. or in the U.S. since you've moved three different international countries? Um, let me sort of backtrack because I went to, to England, to London, and I was working also while I was going to school in a fish and chip shop of all places. Yeah. And I met my husband there. He came in a couple weeks after I started. And then, you know, we were working. And then one night he just said, OK, do you want me to walk you home? And then we found out that we were living on the same street. <laughs> and it's so funny because he came to London the same month I did. And we ended up living on the same two worlds apart. Jamaica and Denmark and you know we end up living on the same street almost like two houses three houses away from each other so he walked me home and the rest they said is history 25 years later we're here yeah so okay when I moved to Denmark first culture shock was there was no black people there (laughs) there was almost every other like for every 50 people you see you might see one person it might be from Africa or Somalia somewhere you know so and then I went to Denmark when I got there I lived in a 
in a fisherman's town where they call it Espier. Do you know Espier? Yeah, I know yeah. Espier, yeah, yeah. And that's where my in-laws were living at the time. I lived there. So, you know, it's not a big town where people are, are seeing, they see people from different cultures or different countries. It's not, it's a little hidden city, you say, on the coast. So, but for me, I think I had a lot of great experiences because I think they didn't start having that influx of immigrants where, so I was like something new, you know, the new thing. So everybody, I, I, got, I got a good experience. They'll ask, where are you from? And every time they hear it's Jamaica, they're like, Jamaica man or Bob Marley or somebody have some story to tell. A smile always come in their face. And the first question they would ask me, what are you doing here in cold, cold Denmark? Why would you ever? And I would respond, love, the things you do for love, I'm in this cold country, you know. But I, so let me see, the cultural shock really is, some of it has to do with the food, the rubble that everybody had to eat. And then my mother and I like making this, I've been away from Denmark too long, though, I can't remember, like a sausage with this green sauce. I would say it's like green bushes boiled together with, and then they pour it on the side. I can't remember what it's called, but my husband loves it, though. Christmas time, they do that. Just the food, I think that was more of a, of a shock for me with the food part of it. But I loved it and I embraced it. And to this day, we still, every time we go to Denmark, we have to take Rubud mix back to, to make it. Or there is a shop here, a Scandinavian online thing that we'll order every now and again. Me and our kids will just sort of miss it and then we'll just order it. But And of course, the cold, the cold. Yeah. I arrived in Denmark in sandals and the first, first time I came, it was around January or February, I think. And I came from Jamaica in sandals, nice skirt and everything, all dressed up. And then when I got to Aarhus Airport and I came out, and that was the first time I was seeing snow. I never saw snow before. So I was like, wow. And, and then I felt the wow in my body. And then luckily my husband came with a coat and everything for me. So that was great. So that was a shocker right there. The next day, I think I just acted like a three-year-old. We were outside in the snow. Me and my husband just doing snow, snowman and snowman in the snow. And just it was just fascinating because we grew up singing all these Christmas songs about snow and just, you know, talking about it for Christmas time. And even though we lived in an island paradise, it just seems straight. But when I was there in it, it was just I feel like I'm reliving the experience now. It's, it was really fascinating and, and, and a good experience. His family was really nice and welcoming. So that was great. I would live there in Denmark, went to language school, learned the Danish language because I wanted to immerse myself in that culture. And I wanted, you know, to be able to communicate with my kids and uh, my husband and his family. So it was very important for me to, to have that. So Yeah, that sounds amazing. And then yeah. you really experienced culture shock when you went into the airport in sandals and then it's snowing yes. and it's the winter. <laughs> you really yeah. physically... Yeah, physically and emotionally. <laughs> and you, there's another um, sort of quick story, because you know, like, I mean, probably here in the US, when you go in the airport, you have those trolleys, so you just push and go, right? Mm -hmm. So I was in that place trying to get those trolleys to push. You know, in Denmark, you have to squeeze it down yep. to push it. And I was pulling and pulling and pushing, and I could see my boyfriend, he was my boyfriend at the time, just looking, waiting for me and trying to tell me that you have to squeeze. Who tells you that? It's not on the car and squeezing. It was just, and I was there trying to get it to get my suit. Okay, so that was the funniest thing. So maybe you were just cold and you're panicking. Yeah, and the cold and, and, and everything. <laughs> so yeah, it was it was funny. Um, how about in the US? Did you feel in, any 
difference, of course, culturally is a completely mm-hmm. two different countries, three different yeah. countries from Jamaica, even from mm-hmm. from the UK or London. The people mm-hmm. are different. The culture is different. How people talk to each other is different. Like yeah. everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How was that for you? Yeah, and then for me, moving from Jamaica, from one culture where people are open and just, you know, talkative and there's a party going on, there's music everywhere, it's just constant going, 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 and the food is different and everything. And then going to Denmark where, you know, people are a little bit more demure, they won't just come up to you and talk to you. And then when I moved here to the States, they just approach you, being the, like in, in shopping somewhere in a in a supermarket or somewhere, and someone would just come up, or you'll be trying on something, and like, girl, that is is so nice that's for you you look and I'm like oh, 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 because Danish people don't just come up and approach you and talk to you like that and I'm like is she talking to me yeah and then that was a little bit weird for me at first that people were just like so how are you doing today and then want to have a conversation or or just when we moved to Georgia our neighbors came over and they're like because we didn't get our furnishes yet and they're like you can come and sleep at our place we just met you today <laughs> I mean it's just weird you could just stay so that the south it's a different experience from when we were living in Boston people aren't as it's more it's sort of a European way when you're in Boston where people don't just openly talk to you everybody's hustling I guess the colder parts of wherever you live people are more you know enclosed or don't really have time to be because everybody's trying to get out of the cold I don't know I'm just putting it down to that but us coming to America the first thing that hit us when you got to the airport was all these uh, policemen and with guns and dogs and because you don't see that in Denmark right or you see it a little bit in Jamaica, but not as, as extreme. So you get to the airport and you're in the immigration. And you're like, oh, my God, there are so many people. The airport is so big. You know, it was just that part of it was a, was a big sort of shock. You feel like you entered in a completely different world. Normity of stuff, like the food, <laughs> the, the coke, when you go to restaurants, they keep filling. That don't happen in Denmark. You buy one drink and that's it. You know, you, 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 you buy another one if you need to. But they constantly come in the restaurant and start refilling, refilling. And um, the portion size of the burgers, of the cars, of just everything was just super, super bigger than my sister came to pick us up and she was in a big, like, they'll call a mommy car, like the, you know, the big car, soccer mom cars or whatever mm-hmm. call it. it was just huge. And we were like, oh, you know, so, but it was good. Um, you know, the experiences that I've had living and traveling, um, I think I, compared to what I've heard of other people and what happened, I think I've had pretty good experiences. I remember when we were in Boston, when we came to Boston for the first time and we we're looking at places to live. My son said, why are we looking for places to live? We have a home in Denmark. He was just six. He was like, I don't understand why you keep looking at these houses. We have we have a house. We have a house. He didn't get a concept that we were actually moving today. We're going to move here. This is where we're going to be living. So, And then another thing happened where when my son moved, when my son and my daughter, actually, when we all moved here and they had to start school, they didn't know a lot of English, right? Because I spoke English to them in Denmark, but they didn't have it like on an everyday basis or talk it back to me. So when they got here, that was a culture shock for them to to learn English. So they had to have a special teacher to help them to go along. So the first day we took our son to school, he was six. And we asked if we could be in the classroom just for a couple of hours while he transitioned. And they were like, no, no, because we'd have to ask all the parents they have to sign an agreement because an adult is not allowed in the classroom with six-year-olds. And we're like, 
you know, in Denmark, you walk in, it's just yeah. no yeah. at all. It, it doesn't, and um, because of this Sioux culture, I think, of America where people are, I don't know if they're more scared of, you know, what adults could do. So I had to teach him two sentences, like how to go to the bathroom, ask to go to the, to the restroom, and then how to, you know, ask for a glass of water. So I had to make sure he knew those two sentences before. But it, it worked out okay. And they both learned English pretty fast, you know, and I was happy. But when we just moved very was it for my daughter? Because she was around that age where she was trying to um, make friends. And she left all her friends, you know, at that age, they're bonding at 11 or 12. And she didn't like the fact that we were going to be leaving all our friends behind. So it took a little while for her to transition. You know, so but and we had promised her too that if it didn't go well and she didn't like America, then we'll always move back to Denmark. So she decided that for the first year she wasn't gonna be doing well, she wasn't gonna be liking anything, she was gonna be just hating everything because we told her that she had an out, you know. If you weren't happy, they will move back. But it turned out that they loved it and now they love America, and I don't think we could get them to move back to Denmark if we wanted to. My daughter went back and did, you know, a semester at Copenhagen Business School, and she loved it and hated it a little bit because it was a different experience from college here in America to go there, you know, where people don't really, they're not as friendly or talkative to you. So you have to sort of put yourself out there. And that was a challenge for her being there. I'm glad she had the experience. And of course, she's glad she got that experience to go back and, you know, straighten her language, her Danish language, and just to learn in a different setting. Yeah. Okay, I'm going on and on. <laughs> no, no, you, I was just, my and next question was about your kids. So you kind of set it up for me. So I think I got the ages of your kids, but how old were your kids when you did move, they finally decided to move to the U.S.? And what was their feeling when you told them before you left, like in Denmark, that you're actually moving to the U.S.? My son was around six at the time and my daughter was around almost 11, 12 right there. At first, I mean, my son wasn't really, he didn't even get the concept that we're not moving to another country. That's, you know, I don't think he, he even comprehended a little bit, but then he saw us packing away his toys and packing everything. And then the company that we were with, they came and they took everything, packed everything individually and just shifted off to America. And um, I think it was more of a problem for my daughter, because as I said, she was at that confirmation age and, um, you know, all our friends and they're going to classes and doing stuff and she had a, a nice group of girls that she was with. So it was pretty hard for her, I think. But they were also excited for the new world and the new things. And then my husband had promised them stuff. You know, they'll get, you know, Xbox, whatever they promised at the time. So... What was the main reason you guys moved to the U.S.? Oh, we, the funniest thing, because my husband was, oh, when I met him, I guess that drew us together. He's a wonder does as well. And from we got together, we always knew that we wanted to live different places in the world. He wasn't opposed to, he had lived with me in Jamaica for a small period of time. He had wanted to, to live different places. So it was always in the back of our head that, okay, we're in Denmark now, or we were in Jamaica before, and then we moved, we lived there for a little while, and then we moved to Denmark. And we know Denmark wasn't the end all, be all. We were always looking, we looked at the UK, we looked at Canada, we used a lot of time sort of investigating where we wanted to go and how would it be for the kids and, you know, what would be a better country and a fit for us as a couple, as a couple. So we always have those questions in our head each time we move. And then there's a thing that we do too. And we're always asking ourselves, what's the worst that could happen? And if you could live with the worst that could happen, then you can make your move. 
if you, if you can think of the worst scenario and you're like, oh my God, I could never get over this if this happens or whatever, then you probably shouldn't do it. But if you can look at it and say, what's the worst? When we moved here to America, we're like, what's the worst could happen where, you know, you might lose your job or something else and we'll just move back to Denmark. So, and we were always sort of working people. We, you know, we, we came from just working ourselves up to where we are now. So we knew that we, we would be okay. If you know that you'll be okay, then that's fine. Yeah, and that's great that um, you were able to move. You guys met, and you guys had the same aspirations, like yes, yeah, in different countries, wanderlust, and you guys lived in the same street, even moved in the same, <laughs> same yeah. month. It just <laughs> yeah, this it is, is just crazy. Yeah, force is... kind of drew you guys together. Like this, mm-hmm. this force, yeah, like this. something in the universe, I yeah. think, just, just pull, pull, pulling us worlds apart, and then ending up, you know, in London, and then um, starting our life together there. Sometimes I can't even believe that, that because what are the chances of we passed in the same time in the same country, living in the same street, having the same job? <laughs> it's just crazy. Yeah, yeah. and it's um, it's a great story that you probably yeah. will pass your kids and grandkids. Yes, yes. And my daughter actually went back to England and visited the restaurant that we met at really? um, I thought that was cool she made that a priority to do that so that was that was good that's really cute <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> since you are in the U.S. now how did you and your husband balance the culture of Denmark Jamaica and also yeah. the American culture because American culture is very strong especially yeah. when you live there it is we try to sort of embrace when I was living in Denmark with the Jamaican culture I mean we didn't have a lot of different places where we could go to to enjoy different um, like there wasn't any Jamaican restaurant there was few and then probably Copenhagen or something but I always try to like keep my culture in Jamaica I do parties I'm a party planner sort of person and then I'll make make sure like whatever different national events there in Jamaica I would like probably plan a party around that a barbecue or something and for my kids I always like ordered books from England from Amazon so they could learn English learn the Jamaican culture and I would also incorporate it in like whatever festivities that was going on in Denmark, of course, there would have had to be a little Jamaican dish of food, something, some music going on in the background. So they always sort of had that. When we moved to America, we took half of the Danish culture with us from there because we still do Risa Laman every Christmas. My family here in America, they love it. And there's no Christmas now without, because my husband makes it. And they're like, it's Thomas bringing the Risa Laman. We have to have Risa Laman. <laughs> um, and that's a sort of a rice porridge. But for some of you listening, it's a cultural thing in Denmark that they do at Christmas time. And you you put, you know, strawberries yeah. or whatever on it and then you have it. But it's, it's pretty delicious, very fast because there's a lot of cream <laughs> but yeah my family here loves it so we we do that and other different um sort of cultural things where Denmark we still sort of make the rule board where that is concerned and every year like I rather the one thing I like that I've still have from Denmark with with regards to um, their tradition is I always had like a New Year's Eve party and I love Danish New Year's Eve. You know, I still, you know, do the oysters, do everything. It, I just love the, the that culture of it, of standing in the sofa, you know, just before midnight and then jumping into the new year. I, we still do that. I love doing it. My husband would be like, okay, don't worry about it. No, I said, we're doing it. So we get up and we, because it's, it's, it's good. Denmark has a 
lot of great traditions. And sometimes it takes you moving away from somewhere to see that. And that's one of the reasons why I'm so happy that my, my kids, their start in life was in Denmark because it's a great teaching. They have great teachable moments for kids living in Denmark. They, they learn at an early age to just like different type of foods and just learn to do, you know, to carve, to do things, to learn, to learn that you can do everything in any weather. You just have to be prepared and have the right clothes on, right? So I like that about, about it. I'm, I'm glad they had uh, their first uh, couple of years there. So that was good. That was a good move. <laughs> yeah, that's great because I really appreciate raising my kids here in Denmark. You know, yeah. like you said, it doesn't matter the weather. The kids are out range, yes. you know, don't know about wind. But yeah, they're just out all the time. My daughter mm-hmm. loves it. Well, now yes. she's getting older and older. Now she's like, oh, it's cold. It's cold, yeah. yeah. And you want to wear pretty dresses. Oh. I'm like, okay, you're going out with yeah. your, with your, you know, foot track and boots yeah. and everything. Yeah. So I love that about yeah. Denmark and just the... Yeah. It has a lot of good qualities. I mean, a lot of people hate the high taxes there, but... but they have a lot of good qualities too. Of course, it's not perfect, right? Yeah, but, it's, it's um, not perfect. Every, every other country. Things, yeah, every country has theirs. So we try to draw the good from the different countries and keep it with us. Whatever we feel like steak and we love and enjoy doing it. So um, yeah, back to, to you, the question about, you know, the different um, traditions. So we just take, we pluck like a <laughs> and take what serves us. And, and those are some of the things that we do that. And I still speak Danish to my husband. I speak and to my kids, Danish, Patois, and, <laughs> and English, and um, a little Spanish, Spanglish, because I've, I've been trying to learn Spanish. It's one of the hardest things. It was so sort of easy. I was younger then, though, to learn Danish, but uh, I was, I've been trying to learn Spanish the last couple of years, and I think it's more of a social activity than just <laughs> learning learning the language. But it's harder at this age, as they say, after 12, you know, it's um, a little bit harder to learn a new language. Yeah, that's yeah. actually my next question. Question: What language do you speak with your kids? But it seems like you speak all three languages with yes. your kids. If I'm mad, it's Jamaican. <laughs> if I'm really no, if I'm really, really, really mad, it's Jamaican. And sometimes I can't find the words between Danish and, and the whatever that. So whatever comes to mind, it just throws out there. But yeah, we do. We try to. When I moved here, I, it was important for me to let them want to keep speak in the language or keep the language because it's good to have a second language. And then my daughter and my uh, son, when they went to high school, they took German. So they have to, my husband already speaks German. He has a couple of languages. You know, you live in Denmark, you have all those surrounding countries so they learn pretty early. So yeah, so I, I speak those of them depending on my mood and when where we are and where to get. I would love if they would immerse themselves more in the language. But I think as the year goes by and you don't have like that group of people to speak the language, if you don't practice it, it goes away. So they're not as much speaking it as I'd want to. And it's sort of dying a little bit and that breaks my heart. And their grandmother's heart too. <laughs> she wants them to continually, you know, learn to speak or have the language. So I hope they do. They do. My son understands a lot of it. He doesn't speak that much of it. My daughter is still there. I think she's a little bit a level higher than um, probably when she left, but not as like to an adult level then. So, but I'm glad I still, we still, my husband and we still speak Danish, especially it's so good to have when you're out, you know, and about and do it. And you want to say something 
saying, are you mad? Then you can just throw into the Danish. And there was like, most people were like, is that Dutch? Or if you say you're from Denmark, they say, oh, then you speak Dutch. They always just, because nobody knows little tiny Denmark, right? Most people don't anyways, like from America here. They're like, where's that again? Or Yeah, or that, was, that was me when I found out my husband or boyfriend or when I met him. Yeah. He's like, I'm from Denmark. Oh, you speak Dutch. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, I so. definitely was one of those people. <laughs> yeah, yes. Most people are like, why? Or they're like, is that, they'll ask my husband, is that the South African accent you have there? They never usually just guess that it's it's Danish because nobody, yeah, most people don't know. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't figure I out my husband. on the map, so. <laughs> I couldn't figure out my husband's accent either. I'm like, I don't know where you're from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. But now, now I know. <laughs> I, I live in. <laughs> I live in Denmark now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's get into your uh, business a little bit. I know you have Butterfly Box and also you're, yeah. you have uh, other projects that you're yeah. doing. Can you tell yeah. the audience a little bit about Butterfly Box and then also uh, what you're doing? Yeah. When my kids, well, my daughter went off to college and then my son, he went off to college as well. And then my husband and I decided we were living in Georgia at the time that you know, we wanted to live somewhere warm because now we have lived in Denmark and then Boston where the snow is up to your new in April. So we just wanted to live somewhere. And then we went to live in Georgia for a little bit. And then now we said, OK, we we looked around at different places and then a, a couple that we knew that came I think they had a wedding down here. We came to visit them and we sort of fell in love with the place. And um, we decided that we would move, we'd move here. So that's how we, we got here. And then after all that, I'm being a stay-at-home mom, you know, for a while. And put in, you know, women, we put ourselves on hold. And it's the kids and the family and the husband and everything else. And I decided that this was my time. <laughs> and all the projects and all the things that I had in me and wasn't, you know, sort of expressing that I getting a chance to do it because I was taking care of everybody else. I decided that I wanted to move forward in my life, find out what my purpose was and just find that purpose and bring it to life. So with regards to Butterfly Box, Butterfly Box, tell you a little bit about that. Butterfly Box is a subscription, yearly subscription box that I started about a year and a half ago. I need to go back because I need to go way back <laughs> because when I was in Denmark, I got <laughs> sick. Nobody knew what was going on with me. I was fatigued, tired, just my husband always, you can't even finish a movie. We're watching a movie. I was just exhausted all the time. And I thought it was work. I thought it was, um, you know, maybe just getting older and, and all of that. And then I found out that I had this autoimmune called lupus. So that happened just before I left Denmark. And then I came here and um, years later forward to hear why the butterfly box. I wanted to do something for women living with autoimmune and not just women living in autoimmune, women in general, you know, just to do something to bring a little bit of joy to them. And I decided that this was the way I would do it because I had started a subscription with another box and I saw how much joy it gave me to receive those box four times a year. It was like a little Christmas for myself. So I was like, oh my God, I could actually do this for women who have an autoimmune because it's such a lonely disease to have. And especially with lupus, you look at someone and they look perfectly well. You can't tell that they're sick, but inside of them, it's like everything is just going off and your body is just fighting against itself. 
For those of you who don't know what, you know, lupus is, it's basically your body attacking itself, looking at the good cells and thinking that they're a virus. So it, it ends up destroying all your, all, your, all your good cells as well, not just the bad ones. Then it ends up that it can attack your any organ in your body, your brain, your heart, your kidney. And then I said, OK, I wanted to do something for, for people who are having this disease and going through it. And that's how Butterfly Box was born. I wanted to put together a box of joy that when they receive it, they'll get like probably seven products in the box that they could use to pamper or just to, you know, something to just make them feel happier, put a smile on their name, some encouragement uh, and so forth. So that's how that was born, was born. It seems like you came up with the idea while you were getting other subscription box and then you kind of want to just target people. That's yes, going yes, because I looked at the market and I saw there wasn't anything out there specifically for women going through this journey of, of just lupus comes with a lot of pain you know you're in pain and you're fatigued a lot of the times and it's a lonely disease too because it's hard to explain to people what you're going through because today you look really really well and then tomorrow if you, you might go out in the sun today and then tomorrow you get so tired and fatigued and they can't understand what but she was okay yesterday or I, or I spoke to her 20 minutes ago what happened so it can change just like that depending on the weather sometimes if it's too cold or too hot or, you know, your body reacts to that. So, What are uh, some signs that women should watch out for of lupus? Because you said that you were tired, but you just thought you were yeah. uh, being old, getting old. Yeah. And it's crazy <laughs> because lupus is one of the, um, well, autoimmune in general, a lot of autoimmune disease. It takes years to be diagnosed because it mimics other, the symptoms that you have mimics other. Because for me, my iron, I was anemic. You know, it yeah. was pretty low all the time. And um, they would give me, you know, prescribed iron, to, you know, with high doses just to bring it back up. And then two weeks, it will go back again. And then I was still tired. I was still tired. And, and I couldn't really go to the doctor and they'll fix that. I will be having migraines and they'll try to fix that. Or, you know, you have stomach problems and they'll try to fix that. And not knowing or seeing. But luckily now, they're much better. It's still hard to diagnose because you can't, most time they don't put, they send you to this doctor and then this doctor doesn't communicate with that one. So you can't really put the whole picture together. But there is a test and they can test of your, your ANA levels to see if, but it's not, not just that because you can be negative and still have lupus. So you can look off signs of fatigue. For me, I was having all of that and nobody still didn't, it didn't come to mind that that what, what it could be. So I had a rash on my nose and um, I kept going to the dermatologist. They kept giving me all sorts of creams and lotions to put on it. It wasn't going away. And then a new doctor came in one day and he, he did a test, a biopsy, and it came back that I had lupus. So that's how I was diagnosed. And luckily I was in Denmark, so things move faster and quicker and you know, instead of other people that I, I speak to here, it takes sometimes years, sometimes some people for 10 years, they've been going from different doctors trying to figure out what it is. So just look out for that. For, for um, And then women on a whole, we put, as I said, we put ourselves on the back burner. So, oh, it's just a headache. Oh, it's just, oh, I'm just tired. Oh, it's the kids. Da, 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 da. So you go for a while before you even get to a doctor. Yeah, because you just think it's one thing. Oh, I'm tired yeah. because yeah. you know, I have kids yeah. or I work yeah. so much. Yeah. But it can be completely something else. Yeah. 
And that's why it's so important to go to the doctor, get your checkup, you know, every every year and make sure everything is fine and do your blood work and all of that. So, yeah, because it's, it's not a nice disease. <laughs> it's a horrible disease. The imaginary disease, they call it. It's 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 hard. Yeah. So, I've never I've never heard of it until you said uh, something. Yeah, I, I've never I never heard of it when I was diagnosed. I was like, what? What? what, what? What's that? I don't, I don't know. I've never heard of lupus. What is that? You know, you heard you hear of all the other stuff, but it's more prevalent in Hispanic and the black world. We have it more than and for some strange reason, all the disease seems to hit that side of yeah, have it more than um or white counterparts or the you know, Caucasian women. So it's not as presented or represented, you know, with other diseases of cancer, you have all the stars coming out and so but now we're having people come out, actors and singers and so forth, saying that they they have it and then it brings awareness and then people, you know, are starting to to know about it and want to help and so forth. So yeah. So I've been doing that. And since I've been here, I've been very active. I've gone to the state capital to, you know, to make sure, talk to our representatives so we get better funding for lupus. I have um, been a part of the lupus walk in Atlanta, Georgia, you know, for over 11 years. I would um, raise funds and I'll go for the walks and try to spread awareness. So when I thought about what else could I do to sort of help, you know, people individually, I decided that I would provide this box for someone to have. Or it's more, it was more like a pass on, passed it on. Like if you know someone that's going through, not necessarily lupus or autoimmune, but some somebody that's going through something then that you want to cheer them up a little bit, you could just order the box and say, it doesn't necessarily have to be for you. You could just send it to someone, you know, is having a difficult time or somebody might have lost someone, a loved one, whatever, just send it to them. And um, usually you get a lot of good responses how it made them feel, not knowing that they were getting the box or just um, seeing this pretty butterfly box, you know, yeah. them, like trying to see what's inside of it and all of that. So it's it's great. That's I so awesome. That. I'm really happy that you created that because when you sent me the website, I was like, oh, it's so pretty. <laughs> That's like the first thing I realized. Is just yeah. I didn't even get the box and I just thought it was so nice. Yeah, it was really pretty and it made me feel happy. Like, oh, so I wanted <laughs> to know more about it. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> do, you thank do, you. do you do anything else besides the box? Yes, I, at the same time, simultaneously, I don't know, some things are sparking me and I'm like, I've always been that person in my family around my friends that everybody comes to for advice or just just to, to, a, a soft place to, to fall on if they want to complain about something, you know, they can always come to me or if they're trying to make a life decision, they'll always come to me and so forth. So when I moved here, I was struggling a little bit with like, what am I going to do now with my life? And I miss my kids and everything. So I actually went and spoke to a therapist, you know, because I wanted some help with adjusting to being without my kids. Because I'm telling you, someone told me years ago that you got to prepare. When your kids leave home, you have to prepare. And I just say, yeah, 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 because they were young at the time. But I am passing this wiseness on. You have to prepare as a woman. You have to prepare because it's like a shock. It's like a death. It's like you're used to being around these beings, you know, for the last 18 years or whatever. And then all of a sudden they're just gone. It's just, you know, so I went and spoke to her and then she figured out, you know, she asked me what I wanted to do and what what my life. She listened, actually listened. And then she said, "Uh uh-huh, I see. You know, you're that person. Maybe coaching would be a good thing for you, you know. Mm -hmm. 
And then I thought about it, investigated and, and looked into it. And I said, but guess what? I've been doing it all my life. I just didn't have the tools to do it in a way where it could sort of propel people forward and have that great big transformation. So I decided that I'll investigate, see if it's something for me. And it was, it was. I was fascinated by it. I was, I was drawn to it. And most of all, I wanted to help women like myself that had stayed home and just felt stuck and probably just put their careers to the side and, and not do fulfill their life's purpose. So in the second stage of life, then I wanted to give them, um, wanted to help them find the purpose so they could move on and live the life that they most desire. So I also do that and it's very empowering, very enriching. And I wish I was had started many years ago, but as I say, nothing before the time. And I really enjoy just empowering women and just, just helping them because a lot of us are stuck, are stuck, stuck, stuck. And um, we don't know how to maneuver, or how to take that first step because we've been sitting or being in the back seat for a long time that we need we need sort of help to get to where we, we need to be. So, yes, I do that, too. I do coaching and I have my butterfly walk business. So my life is full. <laughs> yeah, it sounds yeah. like you definitely fulfilling your life since your children are move out. And thank you yeah. for that advice, <laughs> because right now they're so small. I was like, oh, yeah. Forever, yeah. Right now you're sort of struggling with, oh God, would I just go away and just sleep, just sleep and let me get five minutes with a cup of coffee just to watch Netflix, you know, but that time's going to come and you're going to like, oh, I wish they were here. They could be sitting right here under the blanket with me and we just watching a cartoon <laughs> Or something. Yeah. yeah, but it goes by fast. It, and it definitely seem like it. trying to sit down and mm -hmm. just enjoy them and hug them mm -hmm. and just enjoy the moment. Mm -hmm. But there's a few times like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get it. When you're in it, you can't, you don't really see it or feel it, or it just seems like days or years away before you'll finally get some time for yourself. Yeah. But, Enjoyed. It's hard, but enjoyed. Enjoyed the the bad times when you you know you're putting them to the sleep and they keep on getting up or whatever. But they'll they'll it, yeah enjoy. It. Just tell <laughs> I know it's hard. It's hard because you can never see it before it happens. But yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah. We're gonna wrap up soon, so I mm -hmm. wanted you to wanted to give you an opportunity if anyone wanted to order a box for someone yeah. or for themselves or yeah. know a little bit about your coaching. Where should the audience or the listeners find you my website for butterfly box is butterfly-box.com you can go on order box or you could do a year subscription where you get four box for the year you know with different seasonal products that can pamper and bring you joy and of course as i said you can just pass it on to someone else it's not necessarily for you and it's not just for women with lupus or autoimmune it could be for any woman that you know that is struggling with something because the products there can be used by anybody so that's for my butterfly box if someone is feeling stuck and not really know how to navigate where they want to be or the next stage of their life you can go to Jillian Raven that's g-i-l-l-i-a-n-r-a-v-n.com and you'll see the packages that I offer there 
I have 14 day cleanse and 28 days just to kickstart your journey and I have a 90 day program, which is very popular because you can see, you know, get greater results the longer you go. And of course, it's a habit change um, program where it starts up here, right? Because I'm not just going to give you a, a couple of recipes and say, oh, go lose the weight and you'll be fine or whatever. It has to, it's mindset and mind change and that takes time. So I do that there. You can find me there. And of course, and I'm, I'm on IG and, and the different platforms, but you can find me at those two websites. If you need to order a box and if you need to book a session, I have a free 60 minute discovery session that we can go in and talk to each other and see if we're a good fit for each other. And then we can move on because we have to be a good fit. I'm not just going to do it just for, you know, it has to be where I feel like I can help you. Or if not, I can refer you to someone else if you need like, you know, deeper therapy or, or whatever. So yeah, that's where you can find me. And I just want to encourage, you know, the women out there to just take care of yourselves, make sure you're doing your, I know I'm not a doctor or anything, but do your, your pap smears, do your yearly checkups and just do all the things you can do to keep yourself healthy for you and your family. Yeah, love and light. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you for that. And all this that Julian said will be on my website and the, all the links will be connected on there too. So okay, if you're thank driving you so or much. doing something, don't worry, you can just go on the website and you can find all her links on this episode. You won't miss out on anything. <laughs> no, no. Before we sign off, do you have any last words that you would like to say to the audience? As I said before, we women are the forefront of any family. And without us, there's no survival in terms of, yeah, you see what it's like if you leave your kids for a week with your husband and just, it's a completion, you know? So we need to take care of ourselves and we need to make sure that we are finding ways of being purposeful, you know, living what we were sent here or we we're brought here to do. And just having that experience, not just existing, I want to see women win. I want to see us take up the challenges of doing and believing in ourselves that we can do this and not just to, to sit and wait for something, just go try. Because if you do, you know, it's the things that you don't do that you'll regret. So just try even if you fail, you know, you dust yourself off and you get back up and just keep it moving. So that's my last word. Keep it moving. <laughs> Yeah, thank you for that. And I definitely got something out of that. Keep moving and, thank you. you know, live life. And then also cherish my moments with my kids because yes, they're small yeah. now. <laughs> yes, yeah, definitely. Definitely do that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing your experience in Denmark, your experience in the yeah. U.S., and now what you're up to since yeah. you're empty nester. Is that what it's called? Yes, that's what it's called, empty nester. <laughs> yeah. I know you're far away from from um, even you know uttering that word, but yes, it's crazy. We it, it it went by so fast, even though it seemed like we did a lot and we moved around, but and it's many years. But in your head, it just seems like it went by fast. So, well, thank you for. Having me share my story, I hope I, you know, can inspire someone else to get up and 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 look around and see what their purpose is in life is, and just do that. And you can see that a lot of time people sit with the fear of moving to other places. And but if you do your investigation and you sort of um, figure out, you know, how I can 
live in that new situation or new place, then you can do it. You can do it. And then think of what's the worst that could happen. Yeah, that's so true. What worst can happen? And yeah, yeah. If, if it goes wrong, you could always go home. That's how yeah, I look exactly, at it. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what I said. And we'll pick up. And Denmark is not a bad country to go back to. No, it's to, not. <laughs> you know, it's not like you're going to be okay. You're going to be out there. They take care of their own. Um, that's a good part of um there. So well, thank you so yeah. much. And then yeah, um, to the listeners, thank you for listening to this. And like I said, all of Jillian's contacts will be on my website and you can also on some of my social media platforms once this episode goes out. So until next time, everyone. Bye. Yeah, thank you. And good luck. <laughs> What did you guys think about that? I thought that was such a great conversation that Julian and I had and she shared so much of her personal life and how she lived in Denmark and in the US and how she balanced her life with her family. And I thought it's just such an amazing story and a lot of parents can relate to that. And then also she opened up about her disease lupus and all the side effects that it had on her life and then why she created butterfly box. I thought it was such a great idea and the butterfly box isn't just for lupus, it's just for women in general. So it is May and May is Mother's Day and also it is lupus is the lupus awareness month in May. So if you guys want to donate, head to the link, it will be on my website website and you could donate to the um, lupus awareness or if you want to order a box for a friend or yourself you can definitely head over to butterfly box and order a box it is a great box to just make you happy like she said you open the box and you're extremely happy so definitely everything will be on my website and linked so go there click on the button and then order a box for yourself or a friend that you think you want to give a smile to so it's a perfect gift or for yourself so yeah that is a wrap for today's episode and i will talk to you guys next week for another great episode on either living in denmark or just international life as a parent so bye everyone until next time